to New Life Horizon Fellowship. Uh, welcome to those that are listening to us online. Welcome to those in the house. Welcome to those who are on the way. We welcome everyone this morning. And this morning, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us come into the presence of the Lord with a sacrifice of praise. So, Lord, this morning, we thank you for this morning that we are alive, that we are well, that we are in good health. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your daily provision, Lord. We bow down before you and we thank you for this day. Thank you for a new day, Lord. Thank you for the freshness of your spirit. Thank you, Lord God, that we can come into your presence, Lord, and give you praise. That we actually walk with your presence daily, Lord God, and we can live it out in worship. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love, Lord, that you sent your only son, your only begotten son for salvation, Lord, that it may bridge the gap between us. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings and the honor of being able to serve you all the days of our lives. We pray, almighty God, that this day will be a new day, a fresh day. As the new year is coming, Father God, we will serve you with all our hearts, all our minds, all our soul. This day, Lord God, we welcome the presence of the living God in this place. Lord, we claim this ground for you, O oh Father God. We pray, Almighty God, that your hand, Father God, will be upon our speaker in a special way. Lord, that your journeying mercies will be with those that are traveling, Lord God. We pray, Almighty God, that your hands will be in this service, that nothing will malfunction, nothing will happen, Lord God. Father God, that your name will be glorified, that you will be lifted up, that you will be exalted this day. This day may your name be exalted and be glorified and be honored, O oh God. So we come bowing down with sacrifices of praise and honor and glory unto you, God, who is faithful, faithful to complete what you have started, who is merciful, who is kind, who is generous, who is wonderful, wonderful counselor, most high God. Lord, we give you praise this morning. We exalt you, King Jesus, because you are the only true and living God. There's no other God like you, O oh God. And we praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, O oh God, for the honor of praising you, God. It is an honor to be able to come and praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God. We bless your name. Lily of the valley, bright and morning star, we bow down before you, Lord, and give you praise. Welcome, Holy Spirit, in this place. Have your own way. Move in your way. Move and have freedom in this place. May we worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Jesus. There is no one else like you. Blessed be your name. You are holy, righteous, and just. Cause us to walk in holiness and purity before you, O God. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So we just want to read from Isaiah 30, verse 31. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagle, 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. The other scripture reading is taken from James 1, verse 12. And it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he has been proved, he will receive the crown of life, which, is the Lord, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Here endeth the reading of the word. So let us come at, with sacrifice of praise and honor the Lord. Atmosphere is changing now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere is changing. Spirit of the Lord 
worships of our heart tonight.
One of the most difficult things to do is find yourself in a storm. And while in that storm, it seems like everyone who you thought you could count on has, has walked away. Sometimes it seems like even God himself has forgotten about you. But in spite of that, to still be able to lift your hands and say, Lord, I trust you. so far away. 
sometimes it's so hard because everything that I see tells me not to believe. something right now and the devil's trying to convince you that there's no way you can make it out and he says you're not going to be able to get out of this situation but I wish somebody would make the devil out of a lie right now and lift your hands and say God I will trust you I don't know how you're going to do it I don't know when you're going to show up but God I know you're going to do it God I know you're going to bring me out come on if that's you come on lift your voice and say I will oh that's right I'll trust you hallelujah oh God Go in, but I know God, you wouldn't put more on me than I can bear. So I trust you in spite of what I see, in spite of what I'm going through. I trust you, God, you've never left me. I know you love me, that's why I trust you. Come on, why you take it up? I've had my heart broken, I made some mistakes. God, you still kept me. Oh, God, you're faithful. You see what I'm going through, you know my pain. Trust you. It's not easy for me, but I trust you. I know you're here with me. I'm not by myself. As long as I got you, Jesus, I can make it. I trust you. Yeah. Come on, by your side. I trust you. Oh God, I just lost my job, but I got more bills than money, but oh God, I will. Oh, 
thank you for this time of worship Lord as we realize that anything is that is offered unto you it must be pleasing unto you and that you will accept it so Lord we pray that you will also accept our praise and our worship unto you as we come today to worship you from a heart of thanksgiving our, our heart believing that you have blessed us so much that we can give back worship unto you with thanksgiving. So Lord, we thank you. And as we go into our time of offering, which is also worship, the scripture reading will be taken from Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. And Hebrews 11, verse 4. And the scripture goes as, as this. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she be, became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not take favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will not if you do what is right, you will not be accepted. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother, Let's go out into the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you're under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood. From your hand. And the other scripture is Hebrews 11, verse 4. It goes like this 
but by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. So Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we, we believe your word is true. Just as it said, the offering that was offered from one to another was something that was not received. So Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word to, to, to walk in and to, to manifest your, your glory. So it is that, Lord, we bring our first fruits and our offering to you, in which you have blessed us, and we give it back to you, and we ask that, Lord, you will receive it. And for those who want to give online, we have a PayPal account. It's the email address, newhorizonmin at gmail.com. So thank you as we go into the time of worship, as we bring our tithes and offering unto the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you as we present this offering back unto you. Lord, we thank you that you will give us the opportunity to bless others, to use this money for the furtherance of your kingdom. So, Lord, we thank you. And as we get into the word, we bring our speaker who is going to give us a fresh reamer word from heaven. And we thank you again. And we ask that you will listen in intently, that the Lord will speak to our hearts as we hear from heaven. Good morning, everyone. to say also good morning and to welcome those who are joining us online. Thank you that you are here able to, to join us. This is the last Sunday we get to meet for the 2018 and we really want to give God thanks for all that he has done. Many did not get a chance to see the end of 2018. Some are sick but this morning we just want to thank God that he has allowed us to run 
that race of faith, that while we are alive, we will continue to run, knowing that he has called us to endure. And so this morning, Father, I just want to thank you that you're already here because you, your word said this morning that here you are. You are here. You are here in our presence. You are here. The place is sanctified. Our hearts are, 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 are offered to you as sacrifices, Lord. We come, God, knowing that, Lord, if it is one, if it is two, if it is three, whatever amount of us gather, Lord, we want to usher your presence in, in a way, Father, that, Lord, you will be glorified. Lord, as I share your word this morning, God, I just pray that you will bring revelation. I pray, Father God, that you will soften my hearts. I pray, Father God, that transformation will begin today because of what you would say and speak through me. So speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, I am available. Speak, Lord, I am listening. Speak, Lord, and those who listen, God, God, are attentive to your word and to attentive to what you have to say to us this morning. So, Father, I just bless your name, and I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, the text I'll be reading from is, from is Hebrews 12, from verse 1 to 3. And the topic of my message this morning is running the race of faith. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 said, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrew 12, or Hebrew in general, as we know, no one is sure who the author or the writer of the, of the book of Hebrew, Hebrews is. But scholars have believed, and different scholars believe that it is the Apostle Paul. Some believe it is Luke. Some believe it is Barnabas. And various names are offered. But we know for sure that it was written to the Hebrew Christian to present to them the sufficiency and the superior, superiority of Christ. Three weeks ago, um, Sister Anne shared from Hebrews 11, explaining what faith is. And today we will look at Hebrews 12, which is a continuation of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 12 begins with, therefore. And wherever you see therefore when you're reading the word, it assumes that a previous premise in the, in, in the passage or the chapter before will consequentially impact what is coming or what is to come. So once you see therefore, you know that something gone went ahead. That is not going to impact what you're going to be reading or doing now. The writer encourages his reader to remain steadfast in their faith in God. Since they were surrounded, he said in verse 1, that since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, and the great cloud of witness that, we, that is spoken about in Hebrews 12 is the, 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 the witness from all those persons who lived by faith in Hebrew, Hebrews 11 and even those that were not mentioned. Because verse 39 said, these were, were all commended for their faith. 
the writer understood that for us to the readers or, or for the Hebrew Christians that were this, the, the, the book was written to or the letter was written to, that in order for them to successfully run this race, they needed to understand that there were others who went ahead of them. Some men and women who, were who persevered through persecutions and flogging and jeering. Some were imprisoned, some were stoned, some were cut in two and put to death. They suffered like you and I. They suffered in ways that you and I may not even suffer. And we will suffer in ways that others may not suffer. But what they did, they remained in their faith for the glory and the reward that was to be revealed. Men such as Noah. Noah became the heir of righteousness that, that came by faith because when he was warned that there were things to come in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. He was told to go to a place that he did not know. But what he did, he obeyed and he left his home and everything behind without questioning God. Moses endured this grace. Actually, Moses gave up the right to be known as Pharaoh's nephew or the daughter of Pharaoh's sister, the son of Pharaoh's sister, because he understood that there was a greater value, that there was a treasure, a greater reward that he was looking forward to that was incomparable to what he saw in Egypt. There were those who were commended that did not even see what was promised. And these men and women endured the hardship as discipline, giving up whatever endangered their lives and their relationship with God. They kept their eyes fixed on Jesus and they run their race with patience, struggling against sin with the power of the Holy Spirit because God was using their suffering for their good. According to Although according to Hebrew 11, 39 to 40, none of them received what had been promised because they died before the birth of Christ. God will one day together with us make them perfect in Christ, but we, in order to achieve that, cannot give up. As believers in Christ, we are called to run a long distance race of faith. It's not a sprint. It's more like a marathon race. It is one that is uniquely purpose for us that only you and I can achieve. It's a race of endurance. Therefore, it is important that all our baggages, all our weights of life that will hold us back be removed. It's a race that requires serious focus. The writer of Hebrew encourages, encourages us on how to run this race. And today, as we look at these, these instructions, we have actually gave five instructions, but today we will only look at three of the instructions he gave. He says, in order for you to run the race faithfully, the first instruction is you are to throw off. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sins that so easily entangles. The word throw off means to lay aside as a garment. It means to get rid of everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So there is a difference be between the thing that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The thing that hinders are things that are burdensome, unhealthy, un un and unnecessary weight that cling to us, things that slow us down. 
things that hold us back and distract us from being in God's presence and delay our fulfilling our purpose. Things such as shame and condemnation that arise due to an act done in the past. Things that hold us back are like our negative mindset and those things influence our actions. The hopelessness that we carry around or that we walk around with because life did not go how we desired it to be. Things like procrastination where we fear, where the fear of failure or the lack of focus hold us back. Faithlessness becomes someone because someone told us a lie and we believed it. Impatience is a distraction. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a burdensome unhealthy weight that holds us back. Laziness holds us back. Insecurity and self-reliance holds us back. And as we just heard the song, says, you did not create us to worry. Worry holds us back. You did not create us to fear. Fear holds us back. Grumbling and complaining, he spoke about. And those things hold us back. Those weights hold us back because they are endurances to us running the race for which we were uniquely designed. We are not the only ones who struggled or will struggle with the things that come to hold us back. But we are called this morning by the Hebrew writer to lay them aside. Actually, he said, throw them, throw them off. But the writer did not stop there. He said that there's a particular sin that entangles. And though we may not know, because the, the article the is there that signify that it is not all the sins that we are aware of. And even the fact that it says entangles, which is a singular verb, it is speaking to one particular sin. Some belief that is unbelief, and none of us know because the scripture didn't say, the writer didn't say what that sin is. But clearly he was, he was speaking to, a, to an audience who understood or knew what that particular sin was. They would have understood because he never continued to explain. He just said, throw off everything that hinders and this sin that so easily entangles. As I mentioned before, that there are scholars who believe that they, that particular sin is unbelief because skepticism comes in once you have unbelief. And that influence all our thoughts and our actions, that everything that we do affects unbelief affects it. According to John Piper, unbelief is the root of evil and the essence of evil from which all our sins grow because it stems from a lack of faith in our heavenly father. It stems from a lack of faith in the power and the ability of our God to do everything that we desire and need. Unbelief gives way to covetousness. It gives way to jealousy. It gives way to unforgiveness. It gives way to deeds of darkness. Unbelief gives way to anger and rage and malice and slander and gossip. Unbelief gives way to deceitful desires and, 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 and a mouthful of lies and filthy language. Unbelief opens up the, the door to worry 
and fear and, and, and self-reliance. Unbelief opens up the door to allowing us to grumble and complain. I struggled with for years with my identity, which I attributed to the circumstances surrounding my birth. I felt that I was an accident because my, I, am, I am from teenage pregnancy. And I, and I know deep down my parents weren't praying. No teenager prayed to have a child. No teenager wished even to have a child. And so I felt for years that I was an accident and I struggled with it over and over and over. And it created in feelings of insecurities on the inside. It created shame and doubt. And you felt as if I was the one who disrupted my parents' life. I was the one who caused my mother to fall out of school. I was the one who caused my father to start to work at such an early age, and he had to work because he had me to support. I had that weight walking around and, that, and those feelings walking around with. And what I realized, those insecurities allowed me to do things that I never had wanted, to, that I never should have done, to tolerate people in my life that I shouldn't have tolerated. And actually what it did, it, it caused me to be a people pleaser. So I, 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 I tolerated people and things because for a peaceful life. And so I recognized that even in made, making choice, that the very choices that I made came and added to my insecurity because the no condemnation came. But in 2013, I had a revelation just five years ago. I had a revelation through Psalms 139 and John 15, 16. I recognized that I was not an accident. I recognized that through Psalms 139, I was fearfully and wonder wonderfully formed and knitted into my mother's womb. You know why? I was chosen before the creation of time. God had appointed me and he knew that I had to be here. He knew that I was created with purpose because I was created to bear lasting fruit. Since then, even though the truth, I know now, I know the truth, I have had to consciously at all times, in every situation, remind myself who I am. I have to remind myself that I am loved. I have to remind myself that I am forgiven. I have to remind myself that I was created with a purpose. And so when I find myself in negative settings and situations, I either move away from it because I cannot sit in it and allow it to come and to destroy my mind or to destroy me or to bring me back from whence I came. And so this morning, like the, the writer, I recognize that in order for me to run my race that I've been called to run, I have to throw off the weight I have to throw off the mindset. I have to throw off the things that distract me, the unhealthy things that come. And I have to put measures in place. I have to start surrounding myself with people who are positive thinkers. Persons who, in their, through their speech, I can sense the presence of God. And even if they are not believers, it is, it is something that will motivate me for higher heights as opposed to keep me in a negative realm. God desires to see us through our struggles. So let us commit today to seek him. Let us commit today to renew our minds. Let us commit today to fight the good fight of faith. 
to throw off the distraction, to throw off the unhealthy pattern and unhealthy thought life, the thing that would hold us back, the thing that would cause us to, to not be able to run. Think about a runner preparing to run with weights on. How successful can he be? So this morning, strip ourselves of those weights. Lay aside everything that would cause you not to be effective or to be successful in that race that, you are, that was marked out for us. And the next point the, the writer speaks about it, he said, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And as I thought about that, I thought of an athlete. And I thought about even the lane designated. Because if you're, if you're a good athlete, you can run in lane one, or you can run in lane eight or five. And, and most, atle most athletes want to run in lane four or lane five. Because those are considered the better lanes. They give them a, an opportunity to see those who are, who are gone ahead of them. They get a chance to pace themselves and know what they need to do to catch up. But a successful athlete, I recognize, learns how to focus. The athlete is running with an aim to win. The athlete recognizes that I cannot just show up today to be a good athlete only. I have to be practicing. I have to be growing daily, strength by strength. And each day as he conditions himself and his body, he, he, the conditioning is not only about his body, it's also about his mind. He has to continually exert effort to achieve the outcome despite the difficulties. And for an athlete to be good, and we think of even as Jamaicans about Usain Bolt, and we would hear them say all the things about him. But for him to run that race and win, or any other athlete to run and win, they are to overcome the oppositions. They are to overcome the hurdles in life. The morning that they would have to get up early and to train when others are sleeping. They would have to go through the prolonged stress of the, of, the, of the muscles being tired and pushing tomorrow despite how they feel. Like a good athlete, believers in Christ, must have the determination. We cannot give up no matter how hard the Christian life seems. We have to have a high tolerance of pain. We have to push our bodies beyond the limits. Paul in 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after I proclaim to others, I myself might be disqualified. So the athlete running mine, running in mine and preparing to run in mine, that I am not running for disqualification. I am running because I have a plan. I am running because there is a prize. The athlete I recognize needs to be committed. He has to give up the interest of other things, that when his friends are partying, when his friends are drinking, when his bodies are out there doing things, he knows that I cannot be doing that now. I have to be focused on what is important and necessary for me to run that race. The athlete also has to learn to be adaptable. He has to recognize that, guess what, this morning I'm training and though it is sunny and it is hot, I have to run and when it is raining, I have to run. And so he has to train to run because the day of the race, he will not know the condition in which he has to run. 
And we, we know of our, our Jamaican athletes who go to Mexico and, and play football. And they would say that the, the altitude in Mexico, it is so difficult for us to breathe. But they have to train. They have to go out and perform. That athlete, we have to have emotional maturity. We have to learn to control our emotions. We have to learn to control, because think about that athlete at the starting block, feeling fearful and nervous, feeling maybe something happened earlier that would cause them to be disappointed or angry. And if they go into that race, carrying all those weight, they cannot be successful. They have to have a free mind. They have to learn to control that, yes, all of this is happening, but I have to control my mind. They have to learn to, to drive, drive themselves to growth. Not being satisfied only with the last performance. Yes, I came first the last time. Or yes, I finished the race the last time. But, I, but this race, I have to improve to do better. I cannot train last year to run a race this year. Actually, I cannot even train only last month to run a race this month. It is a continuous training. It's an, it is a discipline. It is exercising self-discipline. Having the patience and training while eating the proper diet of the word. The athlete cannot be feeding on fast food and be successful. He has to know what the protein that the muscles need to eat and the different things that is the starch or the carbohydrate that his body need for, for physical endurance. So too the Christian has to know the word. For us as believers, we have to have a proper diet of the word. We have to be strict in our reading of the word and our time spent with God. We have to be strict in our patience of learning to sit before him, not only to share with him our thoughts, but to be disciplined enough to sit and to hear him speak his thoughts. We have to be confident, not in our ability, but be confident in the ability of the living God. To be confident that God has the power. To be confident that because he is God, he is in control. To be confident that if he has called us to run this race, we can run this race. And we have to be focused. We cannot be distracted. We have to be focused that the purpose for which we are here today is to run that race. And no other task at hand is as important but for us finishing that race. We have to learn to be competitive, knowing that we have an enemy at all the time, an enemy all the time trying to rob you, of finishing that race, trying to distract you by causing you to trip, causing you to, trying to steal you, steal and rob the joy of finishing. So we have to be competitive. We have to, want, we have to beat that competitor. According to the first Corinthians 9, 24 to 25, believers in Christ are to run in such a way to get the prize. Because we are not competing like our, like our earthly athletes who are competing for a gold medal this year that someone else will get next year. We are running for a crown that lasts forever. And we know that whatever world records they are now, there's someone who's going to break it. It's going to be broken. 
So their temporary crown is for the time. But we are running for a crown that will last forever. A crown that the witnesses, the, the witnesses that Hebrew 12 speaks about, the great crowd of witness, the great crowd of witness stands and are welcoming, bidding us to come, bidding us to run that race with success. And we know the race that you and I call for are a race that is unique to us. The race that you are called to run, I can't run it. And the race that I am called to run, you can't run it. No one can run my race. No one can run yours. Each race is a journey in life. Unique to the various abilities, skills, desired growth and purpose for which you were designed. The lanes in which you run were predetermined. The hurdles and the things in life that you will face, the struggles and the oppositions, the intermittent successes, and even the people along your journey, the ones who would rub you wrong, the ones who would be there to encourage you, they too were there and designed for your journey. If you are chosen, if you are given lane four, lane eight, lane five, even that was designed for you. And if you employ the qualities and the skill set of a good athlete, I can guarantee you that you will be successful and you will grow. Every situation that you find yourself in, every situation that you find yourself in, God has designed for you to run. And now we want to look at a video with a Japanese relay runner. And to see someone who overcame and maintained that they were able to run a race even though the obstacles were there, even though everything was there to cause them not to finish. It is about finishing. And so let us just what, look at this race. fell with just 200 yards to go of her 2.2-mile stage of a relay marathon in Fukuoka, Japan. Despite what would have been an obstacle for anybody, the university student was determined to finish her stretch of the race. Video shows Rayulita crawling on the tarmac as fast as she can, with volunteers and bystanders cheering her on. She was determined to continue, with her teammate waiting for her and tears to take over the sash. Lita made it to the end of her stage. Japanese athlete tripped while she was running and she broke her leg but she was determined to run and we recognize that running a race 
does not mean that everything's going to be okay. There are going to be obstacles. There are times there are the button change and there's a mistake in the button change. But you have to run. Pick up your button and run. She was successful. And as we watch that video, we recognize how could a woman run, such a young girl, 19, understand to run with a fractured leg. And she would have been in excruciating pain. She had all reason to stop. No one would have faulted her if she didn't finish that race. No one would have said to her, but you could have endured. No one would have asked her to do that. But by her doing that, she showed and demonstrated to us that you can run a race in excruciating pain and be successful. She showed us that, that life is going to have things. She did not go out expecting to, be, to fall. Actually, they were, the, they were leading the pact. She was the first one to take the baton, make the baton change, to take that baton from her, from her teammate. And life is like that. You can be running good and everything seems good today. And there comes an obstacle or an hurdle in your life that causes you to trip. What should we do? And so we recognize to run and win a race, we must be intentional. We must throw off everything, the mindset that would cause you to fall and not be able to move on. The sin that so easily entangle us are also things that will hold us back, things that will cling to you and cause you not to be effective. But we have to train our bodies. We have to discern how to run the best race. No one runs a race aimlessly. That girl was so focused and she understood the importance of finishing. She knew that finishing was important for her teammates even though they did not get that prize. Can you imagine how motivated she would be to run again the next time? To run a race faithfully, we're going to be looking at our third point. Verse 2, he says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. To fix our eyes on Jesus is to by faith Look intently at Jesus, not looking at others, not looking at our circumstances, and not looking at ourselves. For us to fix our eyes on Jesus, Jesus must be our focus. He must be our inspiration. He must be our standard and our motivation. According to Isaiah 26, 3, God will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are stayed on him because they trust him. Fixing our eyes on Jesus also demonstrate that we trust him more than what we are experiencing. That we trust him to be the one to take us through. That we trust him by faith. To do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. The more we practice to make Jesus our focus, 
the better and better we recognize that he is the savior and not us. That our temporary circumstances that we go through, and if you look at your life, anything you're going through now, you will see after a while, it will feel like nothing because you went through other things that you overcome. The better and better we recognize Jesus as Savior and we focus on, on him, is the, more, is the more we recognize how suitable he is to perform whatever we need him to do. And even if he does not do it, like Job, Job said, I will still trust him. Every race that you and I run are, or are called to run in life as a start and a finish. And the scripture says we are to keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and he is the perfecter of our faith. And different translation says that he is the initiator and he is the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is at the starting line. He is at the finishing line. He is along the journey with its ups and downs, its mountains and its valleys. And he's helping us to navigate the very bends and straights. So if you're doing a marathon, you're going to have to do corner, make take corner, then you're going to have to run straight. And as believers, we are called to run like marathon runners. We are not doing sprint, as I said before. And so when we run that race, we have to be focused. We have to focus our eyes on the one who is able to start with us, the one who is also at the finishing line bidding us to come and the one who is along the journey encouraging us and putting us through situation. In Psalm 71, David, the psalmist said, to, said, you brought me into trouble, but you are also my refuge. And so I recognize that the things that we face in life are not only from the enemy. It is also part and parcel of how God designed our individual journey. The things to cause us to trip and to get up and to develop muscle. And I constantly am reminded of a child learning to walk. If you walk around with that child in your arms, that child will never learn to walk because the muscles would not be developed. But the more that child make a step and fall and learn to balance and to come back up, the stronger those muscles become. The more an athlete prepare and, and train each day, is, is the greater the lung capacity to breathe and the stronger the muscles are. But if you and I don't learn how to run and to navigate around the bends and the corners and the mountains and the valleys in life, we will remain weak and ineffective or ineffective. The cross experience was never a walk in the park for Jesus. And we see him saying to the Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. So we recognize that it was a, it was a difficult journey for him, even though he knew that he came on earth for that purpose. Jesus chose to leave his place of honor and glory, appearing as a servant, knowing the end result. He never lost sight of the big picture because he was determined to accomplish his father's will. He was determined to make the sacrifice for you and I so that we could, can be redeemed to the father. Jesus looked beyond the horror of the cross to enjoy the joy that lie or the joy beyond it. 
And for us, as we focus on Christ, we have to learn to look beyond the obstacles, to look beyond our disappointments, to look beyond the things that are happening in our lives now. And if we, if we go around this room, and for those who are listening, if we stop, we can get, all of us have something happening in our lives that if we pay too much attention to it, we will lose our focus. And I may be going through what you are not going through. And you are going through what I am not going through. And none of us can disqualify what each person is going through. Because it was predestined, predetermined by God that this is the road for you, for you to travel. Having done this, you will receive a crown. Having successfully run your race, there's a crown that awaits us. Instead of living a joyful and a comfortable life on earth, Jesus endured the shame. The pain, he endured the pain and the ordeal of earth on the cross. He endured this for those who would, you and I would become coheres with him. He endured because you and I are his joy. Jesus was determined to win. And we recognize that through scripture, he won. Are you determined this morning to win? Are you determined to run this race that were, was designed, uniquely designed with you in mind? Are you determined this morning to run that race and to finish? Jesus did it. He endured the only way you and I can run this race and be successful is if we keep our eyes on Jesus. If we keep our eyes on him, looking at his example, not looking at our circumstances, not looking at others in terms of how they are not going through what you are going through. Why are they not suffering the way that I am suffering? Why are others joyful and happy when I am sad? Why are others not lonely when I am lonely? Why are others rich when I cannot meet my needs? Jesus is victorious. He triumphed over death and now he is seated. He is glorified having finished his race. He sits now equal to God the Father and equal to God the Holy Spirit. When you and I are successful in our race, we get a chance to sit down. We get a chance to sit and rest from the earthly distractions. Imagine when Jesus returns and you are caught up with him and all the earthly pains are no more. When the earthly sorrows are no more. When the people who hurt you are no more. And the things that were used to, to, to perfect you are no longer there because you would have already reached perfection. Jesus is saying to us this morning, throw off the weight. Throw off the things that cling to you. You cannot run a successful race. If you're distracted. You cannot run a successful race. If, you, if you're burdened down with worry. You cannot run a successful race. If you struggle with covetousness and jealousy. Because you cannot even see your pathway. Because all you're doing. You're running and looking at the person beside you. 
You cannot run a successful race if your eyes are only on you. Run the race with endurance. Persevere, determine, be focused. Train each day, read the word each day, fellowship with the Father each day, fellowship with other brothers and sisters each day, those who can build you up. Remove yourself from where the negativities are, the things that will distract you, and keep your mind on the things other than what God wants you to be thinking about. Run the race of faith. Run the race of faith knowing that there is the perfecter and the finisher. Run the race knowing that there are others waiting to be made perfect with you who themselves have run their race. Run the race knowing that you have others on the sidelines encouraging you. We saw with the, with the Japanese girl, there were persons walking behind her, encouraging her on the journey. Even as her knees were bruised and they were bleeding, she, she went through it. She bore it. She, she felt that excruciating pain. And I can imagine the, the asphalt being hot. But she crawled her way to, to finish her race. Let us not give up. Let us finish our race, whether with hands or feet, without a hand or a feet. Let nothing hinder us from finishing our race. The race that you must run is uniquely designed for you. The lane was predetermined for you. The obstacles were also predetermined and preselected for you. The people along the journey were also selected. Because you could have been born in another country and the people you now know you don't know. You could be born in another era and the people you now know you wouldn't have known. But because you are born now and you are where you are now, every situation that surrounds you was predetermined by God. Even the enemy coming to tempt you. Even the enemy coming to destroy you. And God said, I will use everything to bless you. If you keep your eyes on me. If you allow me to be your standard. You can run this race. Jesus did it. He endured the cross. He endured the shame of the cross. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he sang to us, you can do it. This morning, I don't know where we are, where you are, for those who are seated and for those who are listening. I don't know if this morning, if you have already decided to make Jesus your savior. I don't know if you have chosen or have heard before that Jesus being seated is because of what he did. He bore the cross. He, he, he went on that cross and he had you in mind. He said, the only way for you to have access to the Father is if I run this race. And Jesus ran the race. And because he ran the race and he won, he's now giving you an opportunity to come and to know him. He's giving you an opportunity this morning to come and to be able to go back to the Father 
and to be one with the Father and to, to have access to the Father where you never had. You are now saying to him that, God, I did not believe before, but this morning I believe you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that in your dying, I can be forgiven of my sins. So this morning, Father, forgive me. And so that's the prayer of your heart this morning if you have never asked Jesus to, be, to come and to be your Lord and your Savior. You, this morning you say to him, Father, I come this morning. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me for all the thoughts that I've had that are displeasing. Forgive me for the sins in my life that entangles me. The things that I have done that cause shame and condemnation. The things that I have done that are displeasing to you. Forgive me. And as you ask him to forgive you, I am guaranteeing this morning that he comes because he hears. And he says, once he hears, he answers. And he answers and he comes and he says to you, my child, you are forgiven. And as he forgives you of his sin, he tells you that you are now a part of his kingdom. You now become co-here with Christ because all that the Father has, you now have access to. And even as you give your life to him this morning, there are angels in heaven the scripture says the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Angels are there's a celebration in heaven this morning because you chose to make Jesus your savior and your Lord. And for those this morning who did it before, who surrendered before and the weight of the world, the things came and distracted and hindered you and you're disappointed and he said, God, why me? Why did I have to go through what I went through? Why me? Why others are enjoying the thing that I want to enjoy? Why did I not get the thing that I think I am deserving? Or why did my life go the way it is going? And God is saying to you, because of your disappointment, you have taken your eyes off me. You have looked at yourself, you have looked at your circumstances, and you have failed to look at me. And he's saying to, to you this morning, just look to me. Put your eyes on me by faith. And trust me that even when I do not give you the thing that I, you think you need, I still love you. I have something in store for you that you cannot receive because you are far away from me. And he's saying to you, come back, my child. Though you may not have wandered off, because we know we wander off not by not being there physically. Can we go to church physically? But emotionally and spiritually, we are far off because we are disappointed in God. And he's saying to us this morning, throw off the things that distract you. Throw off the things that clings to you. Throw off the things that hold you back from me. Put your eyes on me in faith. Come back. Though you are physically there, come back to me spiritually where you once trusted me. Where you once looked to me for your joy and your peace. Come back. Come back to me where you're anxious and you're fearful. 
come back to me where you're struggling with unbelief. Because unbelief is a sin that gives access to every area of your life. And if you don't believe me, and if you don't trust that I, God, have the power and the ability to do for you that which must be done, you will be entangled by everything that comes around you. And if you're a believer this morning, God is saying to us, continue to run the race. There are going to be things in your life that are going to cause you to fall. There are hurdles in life. But continue to run your race. Do not give up. Run with purpose. Run knowing that at the finishing line there is a crown that awaits you. Run. Run. Develop the muscle and the stamina. Run. Develop the proper diet. Read your word. Focus on me. Remain in communi communi communion with me. Run. Do not run aimlessly. Run. Run. And so, Father, I thank you for your word this morning. This morning, we declare, God, that we determine to win. We determine to win, God, despite the lanes that we find ourselves in. We are determined to win. Lord, thank you for being the, our focus, that as we keep our eyes on you, God, you will tell us when we are running out of lane. We don't have to run and look down. You will tell us if we are running out of lane and we will know to correct ourselves and to get back in the lane. Because we don't want to be disqualified. We don't want at the end of time, God, you look at us and you say, depart from me, I never knew you. We want to hear you say, welcome, thou good and faithful servant. And so, Father, this morning as we Spend the time to have communion. We thank you, Father, that you will prepare our hearts, that and we will prepare our hearts before you so that we can partake of the bread that symbolizes your body that was broken and the wine that symbolizes your blood that was shed for us. I thank you that those who, who came this morning and gave their lives to Christ for the first time, who made him Lord and Savior for the first time, can partake with us. And if you're home, go ahead, grab yourselves a piece of bread or even a biscuit. Grab yourself some juice or some wine, some grape juice, and let us fellowship together. Let us come before the Lord and have take communion together. And we're going to pause now for you to go ahead and tell us Speak to the Lord from your heart where you are. Tell him where you're disappointed. Tell him how you have been running a race out of the lane that you were supposed to be in because you have been distracted. Tell him, God, make me your, make, I want you to be my focus. Angels understand 
This morning we're going to be doing communion together. First Corinthians eleven. Verse 23 says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we partake of the bread this morning. Not this is not actually the body of Christ, but it symbolizes the body of Christ. It causes us to look back at what Jesus did. It causes us to live in the present because his body was broken so that we will have the strength to live. His body was broken so that we can be healed. His body was broken so that we can be redeemed to the Father. Looking, So we look back at what he has done. We look at what it means to us now and we look forward to his return that he will come one day ready to reward us for running that race. And so we go ahead and we partake of the bread this morning. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is my new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread 
and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so, Father, we thank you today for giving us access to your Son. We thank you, Father, that we couldn't have done this without you. We could not done, have done it because the, the, the songwriter said, it's not by might, it's not by power, it is not all good we are, God, but it is by your spirit. It is by your spirit leading us, God. It is by your spirit teaching us to trust you. It is by your spirit teaching us how to run the race and causing us each day to come and to sit and to fellowship with you. It is by your spirit each day causing us to live what your commandments, live according to your instructions, live according to what you have commanded us through your word. And so Lord, as we eat of your word, as we eat, Father God, we allow your word to become food, God, and the Holy Spirit that lives on our inside, God, as he teaches us and he nudges us and he calls us, God, that we will live each day overcoming the hurdles. Yes, God, some we're going to run over, some we're going to jump over, some we're going to run around, some are going to knock us down. But God, if we keep our eyes on you, we will continue to run. And so this morning, Lord, as we prepare for the new week, we do not know what the week holds, but you know. We do not know what lies in the next second of our day, but you already know. And because you know, God, we can go with the trust and the assurance that it will be okay. It will be okay. No matter what comes our way, God, it will be okay. Because you will teach us how to soar with wings as eagles. You will teach us how to run and not to grow weary. You will teach us how to walk and not to faint. And so, Father, I thank you this morning for those who listen and for those who are in our midst this morning. And so this morning, Father God, we are mindful that there are other persons who need to be prayed over this morning. And we are asking, go ahead and send us an a, 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 a email or call us on our 469 3330397 call us and we'll be happy to pray with you and for those who are me this morning who may need someone to pray with you we are making ourselves available we are here to pray with each other today you may need prayer tomorrow. I may need prayer, but we are here for each other. Let us not give up. Let us not lose heart. Let us not allow the things that hold us back or the things that want to hold us back or cling to us to hold us back. But let us run as an athlete, running with a plan, running with a focus, running with a goal, running with an aim, not aimlessly. And so, may the God of endurance grant you to live in such harmony with one another, 
in accordance with Christ Jesus. That together you may with one voice glory the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we finish today, go in peace. Knowing that the Prince of Peace himself is with you. He is on the journey of life with you. Through the ups and downs, through around the corners, the mountains and the valleys. He promises to be there. Go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tears off. Come on, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord.